There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we're the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Kirkpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday, going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into yet another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, September 17th of 2021. A lot to get into today, and of course, no bigger story right now than yesterday's Thursday night game in which the Giants lost in heartbreaking fashion to Washington. Just a, a brutal loss, a, a Jetsian loss, if you will. I know how the Giants fans feel after last night. We'll be re recapping that game for you. Uh, we'll also be previewing the Jets' home, op home opener uh, against the Pats this weekend. And, of course, we're going to wrap up today's show like we always do uh, by picking this week's slate of games. And here to do it with me this week is Kelly Bright. Kelly, how's it going? It's going great. I'm glad I'm, I, it's been a while since I've been on the show, but I'm glad I'm back for when the Jets are playing Patriots, because I feel like that's just, you can't write a better script than that, me being a Patriots fan. And, and I, I can't wait to talk about the Patriots beating the Jets. I, I'm oh, very excited. Okay. I'm right, very well, excited. I'll throw that out we, there now. All right. Well, we, we got the Patriot <laughs> fan. We got the diehard Jet fan over here, as everyone knows. I think this will make a great show, definitely for a lively conversation. And of course, I'd also like to welcome in our fantasy expert for this week, Chris Persianen. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you. It's the uh, it's the end of an interesting week. Um, still upset over last night, to put it concisely. Yeah, I think because and, and, yeah. and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the one the one sentence rants because I just saw the slow mo footage and it wasn't an offsides by Dexter Lawrence. Oh. He just jumped the snap oh, perfectly, stop. and now I'm now I'm upset. I'm upset. That's all. All right, it, as a lot of people say, and you know, I know I know you can get caught in the weeds. I know how it is. Sometimes you lose on that last you know bad penalty or whatever, but people think it comes down to one play. It really doesn't, and we'll get into kind of all the the things that happened in this game for the Giants. But, you know, let's start there. Let's start with this Giants game. And, of course, they lost last night to the Washington football team, a 30-29 to 29 on that last-minute field goal. Washington, of course, snapping their five-game uh, losing streak uh, against the Giants. And, um, you know, it, it just – it was a crazy game, incredibly exciting game. Um, you know, just there's so much going on. I would say, you know, right off the bat, the first thing, let's start with the positives. I think there's obviously going to be a lot of negatives. For me, I would say one of the positives was Daniel Jones. I mean, frankly, I think he played one of the better games in his career. I mean, 249 yards, throwing for a touchdown. I know that's not, you know, incredibly sexy, but also 95 yards on the ground, uh, a, a rushing touchdown as well. Um, look, he looked calm. He looked composed. 
Uh, I wouldn't say it was his best game, but he was not the reason they lost last night. And also they did this in spite of the offensive line losing Nick Gates there early in the game. You know, there was already concerns. Can this offensive line hold up against that Washington, uh, you know, pass rush? And they did. So I would say the positives of last night, look, there are a lot of negatives, but I was impressed with Daniel Jones and I was frankly impressed with the offense for the most part. Yeah. Daniel Jones did not lose that game for them. He, he balled out and, and he could have had two or three more touchdowns on the ground and in the air that got taken back by penalties. So he really, he impressed me last night. He, he really seemed to come, uh, was, he really seemed to like get a feel for the game. And I think you're right. I think a big part of that has to do with their offensive line doing well against a very strong defensive line with the Washington football team. So to me, those, I, I think you're right. Those are the glaring positives. I also want to shout out their kicker who I think hit his 35th consecutive field goal. I think it was 35th. Uh, so, you know, he, he, I think he might've been their leading scorer last night because he just seemed to not miss. I got m- most of their points were from those field goals. So uh, offense was, offense was a positive side. Their defense, I think we could sit here and trash all day. I know we're going to break that down a little bit deeper, but uh, I, my heart goes out to Giants fans. I think this is the eighth time in what, nine years that they're starting 0-2, fifth, this season in a row so tough to be a Giants fan starting 0-2 again but it's something that I believe they're used to you know I'll agree on Daniel Jones I think um as you were saying with the refs and the flags and like that kid could have gone for 404 yesterday without a problem if those calls just went differently but they didn't that's why we're sitting here talking about a Giants loss um for as much as I love head coach Joe Judge um, and I will, I will leave Pat Graham out of this right now because he earned himself some leeway last year. Uh, Garrett, I know leeway that dude, I wanted gone from before, before he was hired. So then they hired him and then I wanted him gone. And then now he still works here. So I want him gone. Um, but like judging Garrett got to be under the magnifying glass right now for me, if I'm John Mara, because it's happening again. Like, you know, as Kelly just said, another O and two start, like this is getting to be like groundhog day at a certain point. And when you zoom out, there's a common denominator in all of these seasons and it's John Mara. So, you know, whether it's him not hiring the right guys and uh, that's an indictment on his, you know, evaluation ability or not like the results are the results. And you know, there's the saying, you are what your record says you are. Like, this is not just a record. This is 0-2 every single year, like every year. And it's just this, um, this like expectation of losing almost. It's not like this football team has no pride. No, like it's just, uh, they just kind of go out there and play football. You know, it doesn't feel like they're trying to win a game. Um, the conservative coaching style doesn't help that. It makes it feel like they're playing not to lose which is really frustrating to watch as a fan because, you know, you'd like to see your team win the football game every once in a while. Daniel Jones, again, looked great. Saquon, offensive line, like everyone had their moments. It To me, it boils down to Jason Garrett's, like, lack of inability to call different plays. He used his first creative – he used his only creative play drive on, like, the second drive of the game, and they scored, and then that was it. So just like really, really frustrating week two to have uh, your evaluation be that the problem is the coaching, because that doesn't seem like something that's going to just change, you know, just like that over the course of the year. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think you guys all bring up a lot of great points uh, in terms of the first, you know, Kelly, in terms of the game. And then, Chris, you mentioned basically the franchise. You know, it's, it's been mentioned a lot, so I don't want to kill it, you know, here with this point. But the Giants have the worst record in the NFL uh, since the 2017, the start of the 2017 season, or you could say since the infamous boat picture from the 2016 playoffs. So it's not the Jaguars. It's not the Jets. Name your other poverty franchise. It's the Giants, the New York football Giants, one of the original teams. And, you know, in terms of John Mara, look, I get it. He hasn't been up to snuff as an owner. He's made some questionable hires, some questionable decisions. I mean, you're bringing in coaches now like a revolving door, it seems, with starting off with McAdoo and then Shermer and now Judge. And, you know, I think really the blame to go, and I want to get more into the, the game specifically, but I think when you're looking at, the blame for the not only for so far this season, but the season, uh, you know, the past few years as a whole is Dave Gettleman, because frankly, Dave Gettleman has yet to do anything here, uh, you know, with this Giants organization. He has been here long enough for this team to show improvement, and they haven't. He's had two head coaches. He's brought in an epiphany of play, uh, you know, a, a, a huge skew of players. He's, you know, brought in different coordinators, etc. And he's said he's going to fix the offensive line. I know they played well last night. But the, the issues remain. And the, frankly, John Mara, you can you can have your issues with him. He's not going to go. He's going to be here for as long as possible. You know, this team is going back. The Maras are the original owners of this franchise. They're going nowhere. Uh, so the simple fact is, if you're going to make a change, and you, the, the best change to make, frankly, is to get rid of Dave Gettleman. And I've been saying that, you know, since the start of the season, that this was a make-or-break year for Dave Gettleman. And right now, it looks like it's breaking. But I want to get more back into the specifics of the game real quick. Um, and it kind of related to Dave Gettleman, frankly. And another point I want to bring up here is, first, you know, I want to talk about James Bradbury, and I want to talk about Kenny Galladay. So first off, in terms of Bradbury, we can we can sit here and we can talk about that last, you know, minute uh, flag and it letting the Washington redo the kick, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, the, to me, what comes down to is the Giants couldn't stop a, a quarterback who 18 months ago was playing in the XFL. Now, Taylor Heineke is a great quarterback. I was impressed with him in the playoffs. Maybe great is too strong a word, but I've been impressed with him so far. And, you know, to let him basically walk all over you. I mean, he was he, – I know he had that one interception, which, of course, they couldn't capitalize on, which, you know, honestly, they only got a field goal out of that. But, you know, James Bradbury was getting abused by Terry McLaurin. The, the pass rush, frankly, I didn't really think could get home to Taylor Heineke. And look, give some credit to Heineke, too. He made some great throws, you know, that touchdown to Seals Jones there and all that stuff. But if as a defensive unit, a Giants defense that was lauded coming into the season, people thought it was going to be one of the top defensive units. I thought it was going to be one of the top defensive units in the NFL. And for them to go out and let Taylor Heineke, frankly, beat them silly was embarrassing. No, Mike, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And for two weeks back-to-back -back now, they've made a sub – I mean, yes, Taylor Heineke played well, but they've made basically sub-par quarterbacks look like all-stars. I mean, last week with Teddy Bridgewater and now this week uh, with Heineke. You're right. They're not making the plays. And it's not for a lack of talent. I mean, you look at the guys' names across this defensive roster, and they're just not doing anything. Bradbury was a pro bowler last year, and he's made some of the most boneheaded plays last night. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence had that awful – penalty at the end of the game he did nothing yesterday uh they're just they're just not making plays I, I I can't even think of someone Aziz had the sack and a tackle for loss and that was pretty much it Mar Martinez Blake Martinez nothing Carter didn't do anything they they just aren't making any big plays on defense they're not getting those big stops and and this is this is a team that you're right they should be a strong defense and they don't really have the offensive weapons yet to completely rely on their offense and and the offense played 
pretty well last night. There were some miscues. There were some mistakes. But uh, for me, in addition to the defense not playing well, not making those big plays, I think uh, I think it was Chris who mentioned Joe Judge briefly. And I think this does fall a lot on him because he's someone who's came in here and he's stressed fundamentals. He's stressed, you know, he, he's a Belichick disciple. He came from him. He was a special teams coach. And yet yesterday, I think the reason they lost was because they, they weren't being playing smart. They were making those mistakes. They weren't, uh, they weren't do, using those fundamentals. I mean, the, the, the penalties, the ridiculous penalties, the missed marks, the, the miscues. And I think it just seems like this team isn't disciplined, in my opinion. Chris? It's, it's tough because Judge came in in that introductory press conference and, and talked about how this team was going to be disciplined and how this team was not going to beat themselves. Um, and then we look at the results and what happened in week two of year two of his time here, and they're beating themselves with penalties. So it's like, geez, um, I know, you know, maybe the offensive line isn't incredible. You know, maybe that falls on Dave Gettleman, like you were saying for me, like, I didn't even say Gettleman's name because he's so like far beyond like being able to be cared about by me at this point. Like, I just like, I brought it straight to Mara because everyone knows and has known for years that Gettleman is not good at his job. It's Mara who's letting him continue to do it. And I think that's the bigger issue with me at this point. Um, that's why I didn't even bring up DG, but you know, like this team that's out there, Bradbury, you know, you brought up Bradbury and Galladay. Like these are two players uh, at positions at which they were lacking and then went out, paid a premium to acquire a good player at that position. Bradbury, great season last year, this year took until, you know, kind of like the end of the game yesterday to really heat up. Um, yeah. He kind of, he had the pick and he, I just wasn't, I wasn't super moved by that performance against, you know, I, I understand it's Terry. Like I understand it's Terry, someone who has Terry in fantasy. Um, I was sitting there like Russell Westbrook hiding his snacks on the bench because uh, that, that was nice uh, in the points column there. But I, I mean, you know, the giant schedule is not getting any easier guys. You, you, you look at this schedule and these two teams, weeks one and two, might have been their best shots at wins. Uh, you know, besides, uh, you know, Atlanta coming up uh, at like week week nine or something. I have no idea like who they're going to be. Um, this team could finish with four wins right now. And I'd be like, all right. So like I was saying earlier, it's just when you're two weeks into the season, and you had a short second week. So you're like a week and a half into the season and you're already thinking, yeah, this season might be done. Like there's no shot. We make the playoffs. That just can't be good. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, first off, just to circle back to a point I wanted to make earlier and Chris, you just mentioned it, uh, Kenny Galladay real quick. And I want to hear you guys' thoughts in a second. You know, you pay this guy a premium. He's supposed to be your number one wide receiver. And sure, you have Darius Slayton, who, of course, made that drop last night that could have sealed the game. Of course, you have Sterling Shepard. And look, Kenny Galladay's made some catches. He's been fine. But we are two games into the season, and he is already screaming bloody murder at his quarterback on the sideline. And this is the guy that you're paying money for. They'd be your number one receiver already having chemistry issues. I mean, this is not a good look. And again, what I want to say about Bradbury and Galladay and everyone that Gettleman has brought in, 
it, the fact is that so far to this point, I know Brad Barry had a good year last year, but a lot of the guys that Gamble brings in, you know, haven't been working out. I mean, even we talk about the, the malcontent in the locker room. You know, I, I mentioned Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Tony apparently is already upset with his role. The guy's a rookie, a rookie out of Florida who didn't even play in the, in the preseason, who hasn't caught, you know, hasn't made, you know, any impact in the NFL yet. He's already apparently complaining about his role on this team. And to me, when you have these character issues of guys who are already being malcontents in the locker room, a lot of that falls on the GM. So that that's concerning for me. And, you know, another thing that, you know, I want to bring up here is this, you know, when it comes to Joe Judge, and, and Chris, you mentioned it. This is a guy who came in here preaching, we're going to play disciplined football, we're going to play the right way, and last night, penalties killed them. I mean, they had like something like eight penalties for like 80 yards or something. I mean, the, I mean, obviously, at the end of the game, a penalty cost him. We can debate whether or not he was offsides, but it did. And to me, what I would start to be concerned with as a Giant fan, look, last year he got a free pass. You know, there was improvement. You got the six wins. You would have liked to have more sure, would have liked to make the playoffs, but you say at least we're moving in the right direction. That honeymoon is over. You need to see tangible results now. It's not enough to just win six games anymore and see like you're kind of improving. And my concern is, do we have here, and I'll, I, these are my two questions for you guys. Number one, how concerned are you with Kenny Galladay and maybe some locker room issues now with these two, two losses? And my second question is this, is Joe Judge just going to be another one of those coaches? And I know it's early in the second season for him. That is in the line of Eric Mangini, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, the, the Belichick disciples who leave uh, New England. And then, frankly, they try to play, you know, the, the strict disciplinarian coach like Bill is, and it doesn't work out. It blows them in their face. I mean, we'll see how Brian Flores does right now in Miami. So far, so good, I think, with him. But I, I would be concerned with those two things. Judge losing the locker room and, frankly, the, the issues that have already popped up just in two games. So for the first question, I, I would say I, I noticed the, Gall the Galladay issue before the game was even over, before I even saw on Twitter that he was yelling at Daniel Jones. There just seemed to be something off the whole game. I mean, he did have a few catches, yes, but the amount of overthrows and miss, like, you just, you could tell that him and Jones were not on the same page the whole game. And like you mentioned, you can't have a receiver who you just brought in yelling at your quarterback who's supposed to be the you know the core of your team that's that's not you can't have that it's not going to work we see we saw it in green bay last week with aaron Rodgers. there's clearly a disconnected locker room there he's talked he's been very outspoken about it and look how that turned out for them so the instant you have issues that are going beyond the field that are going into the locker room your team's in trouble I, that's a red flag in my opinion especially when we when we know that their front office their coaching staff their general manager that they're being questioned by everyone every season, every game, it seems. So any of that, that's all going to start from the top and go down. So if, if it doesn't seem to have cohesion with the people who are supposed to be leading the team from the top, I don't see how that you're going to get your players to buy in. And that kind of leads me to your second question. And now I might be biased because I am a Patriots fan. I've been a Patriots fan for life. Bill Belichick has been the coach the entire time that I've been alive, but that being said, there was one Bill Belichick. There was only one. That doesn't mean every coach, every player who's ever worked with him is going to be the next coming of him. You know, that you can be a follower. You can love him. You can praise him. You can learn from him, coach under him. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to replicate his style of coaching and, and the way he's able to get his teams to buy into this do your job mentality that he's that's been so successful for him in New England. And listen, Joe Judge was a special teams coach. He wasn't even an offensive or defensive coordinator. And 
that, that that's not saying he's he doesn't have a great football IQ or anything like that but you're right I think this does call into question is he going to is he really the answer to coaching this team I mean th- they keep t- bringing in these coaches thinking this guy's going to be the answer this guy's going to be the answer and now Last year was kind of strange. You're coming off this weird half COVID season thing. So, you know, you maybe you, you wipe your hands and say, all right, this year is going to be the real test. But starting 0-2 at the gate and, and the way that they've lost both these games, it's not a good sign for Joe Judge. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if they don't get a win in their next week. I, I think he's on the hot seat for the re- remainder of the season. Oh, man. First question. First question, my answer about am I worried about Kenny Galladay, the football player, is no. My answer to am I worried about the chemistry in the locker room is as of right now, no. Now, to elaborate, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney, um, a tall, athletic, possession X receiver, and – a joystick, you know, Z that you could throw out there and, and just have a blast with as if you're, you're playing Madden, you know, Tony is just that kind of athlete. They continue to miscast these guys and and misuse them. Tony to just literally not use him. If they continue to not target Galladay often enough to put it simply like, for to go on a quick tangent rant, like it seems like they're trying to make Daniel Jones be this perfect, like John Elway pocket presence quarterback. When if you let him play like Jameis Winston, I'd rather he throw 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns than what he's doing now, because I think he can play a lot better quality football. Um, if he's throwing deep, if he's taking shots, if he's on the move, but the Giants don't really let him do these things that often. And if they continue to do this, if they continue to misutilize his weapons that they went out and made such a big deal about acquiring first round pick and $80 million contract, then you start to look at some locker room issues. Then you start to look at these players starting to look at all this work they're doing for Joe judge and following the rules and whatnot, and the results that it's leading to. And then that's when you start losing the locker room. That's when you know, your season really, really starts to shut down. I think the Giants are not there yet. Um, I was saying after week one, week one is too early. We got to see how week two goes. Now I'm going to do it again. Week two is too early. We got to see how week three goes. But the script is being written right now on this football team as a losing club, and it's on them to flip it. I don't think they do that this season. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, we can, we can honestly do this whole show about the Giants, especially with this tumultuous start that they've had. I mean, the last thing I'll say as we wrap up this segment here is, Chris, you mentioned they're, when they're playing Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta next week uh, at home. That's a game in theory they should win. It should, hopefully that's a game they can bounce back. If you're a Giants fan, you're going to want to see them win that game. If they lose that game to Atlanta, a team that I think is frankly not very good, it's full-blown panic mode at that point. And, you know, the other thing I'm going to say is the Giants – will be in New Orleans for the open of the Superdome this season, you know, because obviously the Saints have been on, going to be on the road because of the hurricane, the damage. We remember, well, we were very young, but the Hurricane Katrina, when the, the Superdome opened, that place was electric. That place was insane. I can only imagine, now, obviously, Katrina, you know, Ida wasn't as horrific as Katrina, but it was still, you know, put a lot of hurt on that city. They're going to be wanting to show that they've come back. 
I would not want to be a team playing in the Superdome when it opens, and that's going to be tough for the Giants. But let's move on now, of course, to my team, my 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 pride and joy, my pain, my suffering, and that is the New York Football Jets. Um, a lot to get into with them as they're taking on the Patriots this weekend. You know, of course, look, tough loss week one, uh, just a putrid half of football in that season opener against Carolina, and then the second half, look. Zach Wilson showed you why he was the the number two pick in the draft. He was making throws that just gave me pure joy. I I look. I was a Sam Darnold defender, but Darnold could couldn't dream of making those type of throws in his sleep. Those are the type of things that you see from only the best of the best quarterbacks. I know it's only one game; it's only a few plays, but he just went off in that second half. He got the Jets back into it, and frankly, they stopped Christian McCaffrey on third down there and towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, of Week One, and maybe. Zach has a chance to lead him down the field for a win or a tie or something. So that's, that's last week. Let's look ahead to this week now though. And the, the, the first thing that I want to mention in terms of this matchup with the Jets and the Patriots is the offensive line of the Jets. The Jets offensive line was as if someone had taken cardboard cutouts of football players and stapled them into the ground. That was disgusting the way they played. And also that is your franchise quarterback. You're trying to protect. He's going to be in a wheelchair in three weeks, unless you get it together. So I am very nervous, especially remembering, of course, the infamous ghost game a couple of years ago with Darnold when he was very young and into his career, his sophomore year, but still obviously a young player at that point. And the Jets offensive line couldn't do anything about against the Patriots that day, and they got destroyed. I think this Patriots team, I know Kyle Van Noy is going to be out probably, but uh, I'm very concerned about this Jets offensive line, especially the fact that they've now lost Mekhi Becton uh, for up to eight weeks now with these opting for surgery as Adam Schefter reported last night. So to me, the, the matchup to watch here is this Jets offensive line versus the defense and defensive genius that is Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Oh, yes. And you have to remember, Bill Belichick is 21-6 and six against rookie quarterbacks. He loves playing a rookie quarterback. And to be fair, I think you're right. I think Zach Wilson, again, much like Daniel Jones, was not the problem for his team's loss in week one. But it, you're right. The, the O-line, the cardboard cutouts, however you want to describe them, needs to be better. They need to protect him. He's not going to be able to develop if he's sitting on the ground after every play. He's just not going to. And the Jets don't want to have to rely on the run as much as they did last week. But what are you supposed to do if you can't protect your quarterback? You're going to have to run. And this is a Patriots defense who's improved their run defense already. They were 26 last year in stopping the run. They're tied for eighth now. They just they allowed just 74 yards to Miami on the ground last week. So I think they're going to be fine defensive for the Patriots. are going to be defined defensively uh, on the ground. And then obviously they have one of the most, even without Stephen Gilmore, they have one of the most talented secondaries in the league. So I, 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 to me, this game isn't going to be very close. I think especially the way Mac Jones played last week for the Patriots. Now I'm coming from the perspective of a Patriots fan, so I'm probably a little biased, but I thought he had one of the better uh, uh, debut outings out of all the rookie quarterbacks that played last week. And and he he was able to use his weapons. He definitely got more comfortable as uh, the game went on. But I, I think the way that Robert Sala has his defense playing with the Jets, it's very bend, not break. They're not an attacking defense. They like to give up those short passes. And that's exactly what the Patriots offense likes to do. They like to, you know, they, they've done that with Brady too. They, they like those little slot passes. They, they just want to keep getting their short yardage until they work their way up the field. And hopefully we'll also see Mac Jones air it out a little bit. This is a young and inexperienced secondary for the Jets. So I'm ex- as a Patriots fan, I, I don't think it's going to be close. Maybe again, maybe that's a little biased, but I'm excited for this one. You're killing me, Kelly. 
Chris? I know. Oh, I know. It's uh, it's gonna be a Pats win. There we go. Uh, we'll save the save the predictions for later in the show when we do our slate. <laughs> I, I had to get it. I'm sorry. I had to get it out of the way just so Kelly didn't have to sit on the edge of her seat and, and win. No, the, Jets, the Jets, I was in on the Jets process going into this season. Um, I liked their draft a lot last year and this year. Um, and I was really in on the way in which Joe Douglas is choosing to build this football team. It's just... Um, smart i don't know how else to put it he's doing a good job he's making good picks he's signing good contracts he's you know working the phones i have too many jet fan friends that call him trader joe so i i have to hear that all the time um makai man i'm i'm sorry like that stunk week one seeing that um i love makai even though you know i'm i'm on the andrew thomas bandwagon as well um makai was one of my favorite guys pre-draft that year uh just because of he's (laughs) makai and to see him go down like that see how the rest of your line literally instantly struggled as like a ripple effect guys like avt just didn't look super super great because they didn't have that literal gigantic rock to lean on so um I, i can't say that i'm in on the jets winning games you know, I, I just can't. You got a rookie quarterback. You've got a guy like Moore is still young guy like Mims still figuring stuff out. Like, you know, a lot of your important pieces, which I love that your head coach is prioritizing. Just I don't think are ready for that type of winning yet. And that's OK. That's all right. That's why you guys are rebuilding. That's why you're not, you know, going into this year with with expectations of even making the playoffs like this year was just about steadying the ship. And I think despite the unlucky injury, unfortunate injury to Makai, um, that's still going to be happening for the jets. So yeah, a, a good season. Um, not right now though, but in like three years, if Zach Wilson is a top six NFL quarterback and, you guys are winning games, you know, 10 plus a year, 11 plus a year, um, making some noise maybe in the early playoff rounds and and on your way to becoming a real, real contender. You're going to look back at this season and be like, you know what, that was a really good season for us that, that we just, you know, got took our time to get on our feet and develop these young guys. It's just tough in the moment. Um, so I'll, I'll sympathize with your frustration, but I, I can't be too nice about it because i feel like then you'll be annoying to me in a couple years when this team is good uh and and i'm gonna have to hear it because i extended the sympathy now so thank you well oh, look another thing i want to say about the jets well first chris i agree this is a developmental year for the jets that's why they're you know they're playing these young inexperienced corners who frankly despite the inexperience i think did a relatively good job look i know there was a big pass pass play i should say to robbie anderson in that first game I was overall impressed with the defense. And like I said, I think that the corners, despite their youth, played well in that first game. Now I think Bill is probably going to, well, I should say Josh McDaniels is probably going to exploit that a little bit more. I think, you know, the Panthers aren't, I know they they beat the Jets, but I don't, I don't think they're a great team. I think the Patriots are better. I think the reason why Mac Jones also uh, had has had, you know, the best start of any of the rookie quarterbacks, even though it's, I think it's a little debatable, is because he's on the best team. You know, 
it's easy to be the best rookie quarterback when you have the most talent. I mean, this team went seven and nine with a shell of Cam Newton last year. They were in the playoff hunt for much of the season. They could be a wild card team this year, I think, depending on the way Mac Jones plays, assuming he can avoid those terrible rookie mistakes. You know, the, 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 another matchup that I want to kind of mention here uh, in, in this in this Jets Patriots game is the I mentioned the the Jets um, you know pass protection in terms of protecting Zach Wilson. Kelly, you mentioned they relied on the run. They, they tried to run a lot in week one. The problem is they ran it for an average of about a yard. I mean, the, the, the run game was non-existent in that opener. And so they got to establish more of a run game, which is going to be tough, like you said, against the Patriots. And also, like Chris, you mentioned losing Mackay is tough. I am very upset about losing Mackay. I thought he was an amazing rookie last year. I had high hopes for him coming to the season. But I have to be honest. He didn't look great week one. And there's been a lot of reports out of training camp that he wasn't playing well. He didn't play a lot in the preseason. And frankly, the, the O-line play improved actually after he came out of the game and George Fant moved over to left tackle and Morgan Moses came in at right tackle. is Because that group is the group that really played together in the, in the preseason. That group has more chemistry. So maybe that'll actually help the Jets long term, even though, look, I still think Makai is great. And I think he's a building block going forward, hopefully. Um, but in terms of the other matchup that I mentioned, right, you know, a few minutes ago, the other matchup I'm looking forward to is seeing this Jets D line against the, the Patriots running attack. Cause I don't care who, or who the rookie quarterback is. They need a strong running game. Damian Harris went for hundred yards in that first game. That's great. But this Jets defensive line is frankly the strength of their, their defense. And is also the strength of Robert Sala's defensive scheme. I, I, I know they lost Carl Lawson for the year, which is a killer, obviously, you know, they, they lost Vinny Curry for the year with the blood disorder. We hope he's doing better. So you're relying on guys like a highly slept on player, Jonathan Franklin Myers, who frankly is going to get paid big time when he finally hits the market. You got a, a guy, Quinton Williams, who not a great first game, but had a very good sophomore year. And, you know, you're hoping that a guy like Shaq Lawson can get more used to the system, can provide something, even a defensive captain, Foley Futukasi, who if you're a Jet fan, you know who he is, and you know he's a great run stopper. So I'll be interested to see, and Kelly, I want to hear your thoughts before we move on to our, our fantasy segment with Chris. You know, I know you're going to be biased with the Patriots, but are you, are you, how do you think this Jets running, you know, defensive line can stack up against the Patriots rushing attack? And frankly, are there any other matchups you're interested in seeing going into this game? Yeah, listen, I'll try not to be biased. First of all, I want to I want to touch on one. I want to back myself up by saying that Mac Jones had the best breakout because if you look at his stats, it doesn't jump off the page. 29 for 38, 281 yards, one touchdown. But if you break those down, he was 14 for 18 for 129 yards against the Blitz, 9 of 12 for 89 yards on third downs, and seven out of seven for 10 with a touchdown under pressure, which are all great numbers for rookies. So I want to I want to like at least give myself some proof for that. I don't, I don't think you gave a hot, I don't think you gave a hot take. I Not just, a hot you know. take, but I just want to back that up. Anyways, to your point. Um, I, I'm very interested to see what Bill does with his running backs. He's been known to sit players after they make a mistake. And now Damien Harris, you're right. He was their best runner. He had a hundred yards, but he also, he was part of the reason they lost that game. Like he fumbled it in a, in the most crucial point of the game where he really needed to hold on to the ball so I'll be interested to see if this is another uh I can't Jonas Gray situation Jonas Gray was a yeah, running back for the Patriots years ago 200 yard game four touchdowns missed practice never played again so hopefully it's not one of those situations and they get they trust Damian Harris with the ball again I think he's very talented they also I think they could have used James White more last week so hopefully they'll get him some more touches so I do think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how those two sides line up 
I think I think you're right in the sense that the Jets D line's pretty talented, and I think because of that, I think they're going to try and put that ball in Mac Jones's hands a little more than last week, which I'm excited to see how he handles that. Um, other than that, it, I'm just interested to see it again. Two this is two rookie quarterbacks going head to head, two fairly young teams, two teams who are technically rebuilding. I, I don't know. If, I think both teams you could put quotation marks. I mean, the Jets, we've been saying they were rebuilding in 2018. They were rebuilding in 2019. They were rebuilding in 2020 and they're rebuilding again. I mean, this year, I think it's a little bit more true. They have new coach, new quarterback, new cornerbacks, new safety. So I, I think this year really is rebuilding. And you look at the Patriots, they have a whole new uh, slate of names, especially offensively, their new tight ends, Aguilar with a wide receiver. So I think these are two new looking teams uh, kind of rivalry in the AFC East there. It's pretty, it's been lopsided for, uh, I guess, during the Brady era and now that's over. So uh, I'm just excited for this game in general. Um, you know where my loyalty lies and we'll, I guess we'll do predictions later, but yeah, Dem I, I do think that the Jets defensive line against uh, the Patriots running backs, that that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I know for Patriot fans, you know, maybe this rivalry isn't as big a deal for you because you, <laughs> you, know, you always beat us. You know, I, I have my one moment. Last in the year sun. was close. Last, Last year was close. I mean, because both teams weren't very good. Um, yeah. You know, the I have my one moment of the AFC divisional game in the, for the 2010 season. That's the one thing yeah. I have. And I always look back yeah. on that. But that was also, you know, 11 years ago now. Uh, but the point is, um, you know, it should be an exciting matchup. And I think if all things go the way that people hope and predict they will. I mean, this is a matchup you should hopefully see for, you know, a decade, you know, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, assuming everything mm -hmm. plays out the way it's supposed to. Uh, but let's move on now. Of course, it would not be an NFL Friday without a fantasy segment. Of course, Chris is our fantasy expert this week. So to get us started, Chris, give us two start uh, two stardoms, I guess you should say, two people that that really are any fantasy, uh, fantasy owner, uh, I should say, should be, make sure they're in their lineup for this week. All right, so uh, I wanna I wanna get two things out of the way before I get in to my picks, and that is number one, um, I tried to go with guys that people might have a debate about. So whether it was based on a week one performance or whether it was based on um, just wh where that player was ranked, you know, pre fantasy draft. Uh, tried to pick guys that people might be on the fence about or that people would think to do something with. And I think they should do something else. Number two, little, little qualification proof. I am a one-time fantasy champion. So it was just, it's just one ring, but I've got it. I, I've got it. And uh, now I picks first up is Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers week one, had a rough performance to say the least um not not ideal for the guy who spent all off season talking about how this was his last dance and he was going to come out and put on a show with Devonte. It, it wasn't it wasn't great um this might lead to some thoughts about setting him week two giving him a week seeing if he can get himself right I say this is the week he gets himself right against the Detroit Lions. Jeff Okuda is out with an injury that's unfortunately taken him out for the season. Another young player I love watching uh, with Becton. Unfortunately, going to miss a bunch of time as well. 
Aaron Rodgers is about to light these guys up. This is his get right matchup. And I would implore fantasy owners to not doubt him this week, not say uh, the week one stinker. I got to take him out week two, put him in your starting lineups week one and, and feel fine about it. And who's your other stardom uh, for the week, Chris? Man, my other stardom is, is going to be a player who has been a fantasy name for a while, but has never really delivered the consistent enough production to get that ADP really up there. That's going to be Mike Williams. Um, Justin Herbert. I love that kid. He's really good at football. <laughs> he's, he's, he's good at it. Uh, real tall, great build, great IQ out there. I mean, you know, I, I love watching him play. Um, I think, I think that this week Mike Williams is due for a big game he had a nice fantasy stat line week one against Washington he had 12 targets and eight catches that's pretty good for you know not the number one receiver also had a touchdown so without the touchdown would have had a decent amount of fantasy points but that touchdown got him up there this week he's playing the Cowboys this is not a great defense and he has come out himself and said that Tampa Bay's receivers looked like they were having fun out there against Dallas's defense. Now, I don't know Mike Williams personally, but I would venture to guess that he would not be talking this talk if he were not planning on walking the walk. Throw Mike Williams in your starting lineups for week. Uh, I think those are two excellent picks. I would say, Kelly, I want to hear your thoughts too before we hear Chris's sit-ums. I would say Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I would hope that most people would not overreact to that week one performance. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's the most, frankly, gifted quarterback of the last you know decade. Um, and they're going to go up against a Detroit team who I know made it interesting in the end there with San Francisco, but they're not a good football team. So I think a big bounce back week for Rodgers. And I like, and personally, look, I have Keenan Allen on my fantasy team. You mentioned championships I won in 2017, along uh, four years ago, but what are you going to say? My name's not a trophy. That's all that matters. <laughs> the bottom line is, um, I hope for my own sake, I mean, I hope your picks are right for our listeners, but I need Keenan Allen to be the better Chargers receiver. But Kelly, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I like the Mike Williams, actually. I really I really like that. I think you're right. The Cowboys defense, they struggled last week, and I don't see them improving this week. And Williams was the number one receiver there, so I, I like that pick. Aaron Rodgers. You're right. People shouldn't overreact. Week one, people always overreact. They think that they come out, they see one game, and they think that's the story for their team the whole season. I don't think that's the case. However, I, I would throw this question out there. Maybe it's rhetorical. Maybe don't answer it. But is it possible we see Jordan Love split more time with Aaron Rodgers moving no. forward? No. 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 Way. no? no. Aaron no. Rodgers was not coming back if that was the case. I mean – He's not going to come back after this. No, game, I know. But wait, the only way they, they agreed for him to come back from Las Vegas. Like, maybe, but let, I, I don't <laughs> think so. Kelly. That's an interesting, interesting question though. Uh, but Chris, let's, let's move on now. Let's hear you two people that should uh, say on the bench for our fantasy owners this week. We should not, we should not be starting them. All right. You guys know I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Saquon fan. So I have a lot of respect for the other Big name Penn State running back in the NFL. That's Miles Sanders on the Eagles. However, this week, he's going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Going into this year, I had some doubts about Sanders as a fantasy asset because of some comments made by the Eagles coaching staff regarding how they plan to use their running backs. 
Kenneth Gainwell was the guy who actually worried me in fantasy. He's nothing but a dart throw start. You know, you throw him in your flex and ah, maybe he grabs you a tutty and maybe he doesn't. But that possibility <laughs> against a team like San Francisco, where you really got to keep things, you know, mixed up. Um, I don't love it. I don't love it. And if I have the luxury of being able to sit Miles Sanders, that's probably the biggest name that I'm looking to sit this week just to avoid a stinker in my starting lineup. I mean, if you think he can go Aaron Jones and drop 47 on the Niners defense or whatever, uh, that's one thing. I just, I think Miles Sanders is the type of back that San Francisco can over a full game just really really lessen the blow on uh in terms of how much he hurts them i think that's a a pretty good pick i have miles sanders myself so i'm actually Uh, i'm actually sitting in this week he fell in my draft so he's my flex i'll be i'll be starting jamar chase at my flex this week but let's hear your other uh sit him chris and then we'll hear kelly's thoughts on both picks as well we're gonna stay in the uh matchup between san francisco Philadelphia, but we're going to head over to the other side of the field, the other locker room, the other offense. Brandon Ayuk is uh, going to be on my bench this week. If I am an, uh, a player of fantasy football with, with him on my team, I mean, I just, after that week one, I'm not out on Ayuk this season, but he's on fraud watch, man. He's on fraud watch because Debo Samuel was the clear one. And Shanahan even made some comments about how Ayuk was outplayed um, in camp. This is not optimal for a a wide receiver who people were spending mid-round picks on in their fantasy drafts. Now, again, I'm not out, but I'm giving him this week to get right on my bench. Now, will that breakout game probably get missed? By me, if I had Ayuk and I were benching him, like, yeah, I'll probably miss that breakout game. That's okay. I'm not willing to have him sit in my starting lineup for eight weeks, scoring a total of 32 points. And then I, you know, I finally bench him. I don't know. He finally has a 40 point game or something crazy. I just, no, cut, cut the losses and, and see what you can do with, with someone else. Some, you know, wide receiver is a position in fantasy that is not incredibly difficult to find some depth on the waiver wire. So I, I might look elsewhere this week. It's Tim Patrick on the Denver Broncos. Now, Jerry Judy, one of my favorite wide receivers to watch. Uh, if he gets that catching the ball thing down, he's going to be really good in this league. However, he's unfortunately out until about week eight, leaving a lot of room for Tim Patrick to prove himself out there. This is going to be his first full game of being that number two receiver. Now, when Tim Patrick was a waiver wire, you know, like alleged steal, it was always because he was the number one in Denver um, due to an injury. And that is something he was not very good at. However, another one of my favorite young wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, is healthy this year for Denver. And uh, he's going to be taking that CB1 attention off of Tim Patrick should allow him to thrive out of the wide receiver two position. I know he's not a big name, but that's the guy I'm putting in my flex this week. If I, you know, say I have a lot of good starters at running back and wide receiver, and I'm looking for an upside play at the flex, Tim Patrick. Very good pick, Kelly. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Uh, I, that's a good pick. KJ Hamler, I think is another receiver 
on Denver, who's going to get some looks this weekend. But playing the Jaguars, the Jaguars defense is so great sleeper pick. Well done, Chris. All right. Well, that's going to do Thank it for you, our – Oh, no problem, Chris. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for providing the fantasy insight as always. So that's going to do it for our fantasy segment this week. And, of course – as we wrap up the show here, as we do every week on NFL Friday, we are going to be going down the remaining slate of games. Obviously, Thursday night is over, but we have another 15 games here in this week, two to break down. And we're going to go game by game off of our picks. We're going to go around here. So let's start off. We've already teased this matchup all week long. Coming down to New Jersey to take on the Jets at the Meadowlands. Let's start off with Chris, who's the you know the neutral participant, if you will. Chris, who do you like in this game? Pats. All right. It's. I mean, I, I understand it. I understand it. Kelly, who do you like? Do I even have to answer this? Yeah, Pats, I, I know. I, pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Pats so, on the way. I think it's Jets a good. Aren't even, Jets aren't even going to cover. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what's the spread right now. Like six. Or next I don't even know. Five. Not enough. Anyway, the point is, um, you know, for me as we, as we look at this game, look. Are the Pats probably going to win? Yes. But and maybe if they were playing, I don't know, the, the Chicago Bears, I could sit here and be like, I could pick the Bears to the bottom. I don't care if the Pats were favored by 40 points. I cannot sit here as a Jet fan for the home opener, the Zach Wilson debut in front of the home crowd, and tell you before the game even starts, the Patriots are going to win. Will they probably win? Sure. But I just can't pick him right now. It's going to probably cost me a pick here. But I have to uh, go with the Jets personally. All right, looking at our next matchup here, uh, Denver at Jacksonville. Let's go with Kelly. Kelly, who do you like and why? Uh, I think this is an interesting matchup, but I, I am going to go with the Broncos on this one. I mentioned how bad that Jaguars defense is. And, and unfortunately, it was a pretty bad start for Trevor Lawrence as well and Urban Myers. I was not impressed with them at all. And I was impressed by the Broncos. And I think uh, I think this is a good game for the Broncos to have after week one because I think they can really build on that momentum. They were able to score 27 points against a Giants defense who was much stronger. And I know we, we spent a talking about that so I won't go into detail but uh I'm in on Teddy Bridgewater let's let's go Broncos Chris Denver and uh it's not because of Bridgewater it's going to be because of their defense I will say it's a top defensive unit and um the offense will be just good enough even with Judy out to score more points and that's that's kind of the, the simple but boring but true way that I see it no, I think that's good. I mean, when it comes to our picks, we want to go with our guts and kind of give a, a few simple reasons why I think that's a solid pick. I'm also going to go with Denver. Look, Jacksonville, I mean, I picked them last week, but, you know, they lost to Houston, who, frankly, I think is going to be a team in contention for the top pick. So the fact that – and it wasn't even close. I mean, they frankly got embarrassed by Houston. I think it's going to be a mess this year in Jacksonville. I think Denver showed that they can play pretty – I think Teddy's a solid player. You know, I think they have a great defense, like Chris mentioned. I'm going to have to go with Denver as well. All right, AFC East matchup. Uh, Chris, will go with you. Buffalo at Miami. Who do you like in this game? Man, I was surprised. Not shocked, but just surprised that Buffalo lost week one. They're going to be upset, and they're going to come back and grab this win week two. Uh, Steelers, you know, were not a free win, but I, I thought the Bills would beat them. They definitely got to be motivated as a locker room to come out and make a statement this week. I agree. Week one was a fluke for the Bills. I think I think their offense is going to 
what like Chris mentioned, want revenge. They're going to come out. Josh Allen's going to be great. And the Bills defense is legit. They held the Steelers to 54 yards of offense in the first half. Uh, so I think they're going to do well against the Dolphins. But Dolphins are good, too. So I think it's going to be a close one, but I'm going Bills. Yeah, uh, like you guys, I'm going to have to go Buffalo here. I think, honestly, to me, the most surprising matchup of week one was the fact that the Steelers, who frankly, I didn't think were going to be very good this year, were able to go into Buffalo and beat the Bills. You know, I had Buffalo as a Super Bowl contender this year, as Josh Allen as an MVP. So, you know, to me, I was shocked. I think they're going to come out with a vengeance this week. I'm going to have to go with Buffalo as well. All right, our next matchup, San Francisco going to Philadelphia, 49ers taking on the Eagles. Kelly. This is a tough one. This was definitely the toughest one for me to pick this week. I, probably the most exciting game on the slate. I'm going to go with the 49ers. That's that's tough for me to say. ESPN's Bart Scott is betting his eyebrows on the 49ers. I heard, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get, I'm not betting my eyebrows, but I am going to go with him on that. I think George Kittle is going to have a day. I, I think the I, I, Eagles played well last time, but I think the 49ers defense is going to be a little too much for Jalen Hurts. It's a tough one, but... He did. He really. He really did his eyebrows. Is that? He did. Is that what, yeah. is that, is that what we're doing now? He is made that the what bet this with. Uh, who did he bet with? Oh, wasn't it Damian Woody? I think he made the bet with. Yeah. So. Might have been. Yeah. Listen, I love Hertz. Like I, I was defending Hertz last year as just a, a, a good player. Um, that San Francisco team is is really good. Now their cornerbacks are lacking a little bit, but. Lance had a strong week one. Uh, this is the this is the pick I'm gonna get wrong because Hertz is gonna win, but I gotta go at San Francisco. San Francisco is my pick. I, I can't I can't not take the clearly better football team. Yeah, all right, good pick. I'm gonna go at San Francisco as well. They're just a better team, like you mentioned, Chris. I also am a Jalen Hurts defender. I think he's a solid, I think he can be a solid quarterback, but I think San Francisco is just a better team. I know it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, got a little close there last week towards the end with the Detroit, but what are you going to do? I think San Francisco is a better team. All right, let's kind of keep going here, uh, quickly get some of our thoughts out. The Rams are going to Indianapolis. Uh, Kelly, what do you think? I'm going to go Rams on this one. The Colts, they've had a tough start. Uh, the Seattle, now the Rams, two defenses, which I think are going to be too much for Carson Wentz to overcome there in Indianapolis, especially with Aaron Donald leading that defense in LA. So I'm going Rams. Also, shout out to Matthew Stafford. He's thriving, and I'd love to see it. Love, love Matt Stafford. Um, I'm going to, if you couldn't guess from that, also go with the Rams here. I just loved that team coming into this year as like a really, really good football team that's adding a really, really good court, a quarterback and has really good cornerbacks. Um, Indiana, like you were saying, not the not the most optimal start to the season. I, I'm not out on, on Wentz and, and whatever. I honestly, I just don't care. Like the Rams are a better football team. That, that's about it for me. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't like to go with the flow all the time, but I'm also going to have to pick the Rams. They're just a better team. I was impressed overall with Stafford and that offense performance on Sunday night last week. So for me, it's the Rams, and uh, I don't know. I guess this will be caught on hard knocks. I guess you can see behind the scenes of the uh, the Colts' loss. I, I have no idea. All right, next matchup we got Vegas at Pittsburgh. Uh, Chris, who do you like in this game? Oh, man. Vegas. <sighs> It's tough. It's tough. But I, I just I have this soft spot for the Raiders. I, I don't know. It's like Gruden and how like silly he looks, I guess, all the time. That just makes me be like, he can do it. He can get the job done. They're they're losing. 
<laughs> they're losing the football game. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I, the Steelers are going to win. Ben is just so experienced. He has so many good weapons. They have such a good line. I can't, like, <sighs> Gruden. Going home with a loss this week. All right, Kelly. I'm going Steelers, too, and not just, not just for the offense, but I forgot just how good their defense was until I saw them against Buffalo this past week. TJ Watt, Patrick, with those two guys on defense, I don't see how the Raiders would win this. I'm going Steelers. Again, we're all we've, – we've been locking easy. step on yeah. every pick except for that first one, even though I don't really agree with it, but I have to do it. Uh, Pittsburgh as well. I think Las Vegas was lucky to win that first game against Baltimore, a depleted Baltimore team with all those running back injuries and Marcus Peters and everything. So, And they probably should have lost still anyway despite that. So I think Pittsburgh's a better team at home. We're going to go with the Steelers. All right, next up, Cincy this at game. Ch- Chicago. This game Chris, is where it gets fun. You, got, you want to get us started off? What do you like in this game? The Bears. Give me Chicago. Andy Dalton is also, to use this word again in this podcast, uh, just like a meme of a player. But I I, I can't like they're going to their defense is still not totally incompetent. I I just this is going to be one of those games where like you're watching it and you're like Cincinnati should have like 42 points right now. But Chicago just squeezes one out. Revenge game for Dalton. I agree. Andy Dalton playing for, playing his former team. He's also coming back from that o- overtime loss in week one. Um, I got to go with the Bears on this one. I mean, they hung around with the Rams until the fourth quarter. They were right there. So I, I don't think these two teams' records really uh, exemplify where these two teams are at. I'm going to have to go with the Bears. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, I, I get where you guys are coming from, but here I see a chance to be a contrarian a little bit, and that's uh, – I'm going to go with Cincy. I just – I'm a Joe Burrow guy. I think I like the way that Jamar Chase kind of – you know, I already said he's on my fantasy team, so I'm a little biased. But I like the way he kind of silenced the haters there in that week one matchup with the uh, touchdown cast and over 100 yard receiving, I believe. You know, Chicago, I just think until they commit to Justin Fields, it's going to be ugly because I think there's going to be some disagreements in the locker room with that. So I'm personally going to have to go with Cincinnati. All right, next up, Kelly. Houston at Cleveland. Who do you like? Oh, this is another tough one, but I'm going to go with the Browns. I think they're one of the most talented here, to be honest, I mean, they were right there with the Chiefs until Patrick Mahomes was just Patrick Mahomes. There's nothing you can do at that point. But Baker Mayfield looks good. He, I, I know Beckham's not going to be back yet, but I just think their team is so talented on both sides of the ball. And I, I think I think they pull this one out. I'm not big on Tyron Taylor. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Browns. I'm, I'm sorry, Kelly, but I'm going to come out and say easily the Browns here. Not, uh, not that it's a tough one. I, I think this Texans team just doesn't have the talent to to be in the in the weight class that the Browns are in. This is this might get ugly. This might get very ugly. Uh, yeah, I'm also I'm gonna have to go with Cleveland as well. Again, look, I think they're gonna be one of the best teams in the AFC. They were with there with the Chiefs, like Kelly mentioned, and um, Houston's just not a good team, as I've said before. All right, next up. New Orleans at Carolina and NFC South showdown. Uh, Chris, who do you like? Man, 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 I'm riding with Jameis. I'm riding with Jameis. Give me the Saints. That team looked good week one. Jameis underestimated because of his um, perhaps more lackadaisical approach to interviews and things of the sort. You know, he doesn't sit there and go like, we were locked in. All every minute of the game, we wanted it so like you know he's sitting there like eating W's and that quote had me crying laughing that he that he gave in, in that on air interview. 
I, I'm with Jameis. He's prepared. He's prepared. His trainer prepared him. He told us that in his interview, right? <laughs> I, I got to go with the Saints on this one too. I, the way they came out and just absolutely crushed Green Bay, uh, I, I was sh- I was surprised by that, but I, I'm gonna ride with it. I'm going Saints. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna continue the trend, the trend, the trend, and uh, go with New Orleans as well. They just they they shocked me the way they blew out uh, the Packers, and I don't think like I said before, Carolina is a great team. So give me Jameis, give me the Saints. Okay, our next matchup: Minnesota at Arizona. Chris. We've got, what is it, six games left? We can go rapid fire here. Give me the Cardinals. All right. Cardinals. Cardinals, easy. Chandler Jones, Colin Murray, come on. What else do we have to say? Yeah, as we we wrap up the show here and try to get our last two, and yeah, I'm going to go Cardinals too. They just, they demolished the Titans and we'll do the same to Minnesota. All right, next, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Kelly. Easy, Bucks, Tom Brady. That's all I have to say. Done. (laughs) Uh, Tampa Bay because... Easy because it's the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa Bay as well. I mean, I think they're the class of the NFC, and Atlanta's not very good. All right, next up, Tennessee at Seattle. Kelly. Uh, tough one here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, I think they were great in, in their last game, and uh, I don't know. I, Titans, they were they didn't protect their quarterback well. Tannehill was sacked six times. Derrick Henry was off. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Chris? The Browns with Baker and Odell, the Cardinals with Kyler and D-Hop, now the Titans with Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Julio. These teams get overrated because of their offensive firepower. Seattle's going to win this game. That Tennessee defense is frightful. Good way for them. Yeah, I was just, I was shocked how poorly Tennessee played week one. Until they go out, it proved to me that was more of a fluke. I'm going to have to go with uh seattle as well okay next up dallas at the chargers chris give me the chargers dallas really thought about it too many injuries tank lawrence uh sad to hear gotta go with herbert yeah i love Dak prescott but i love justin herbert more i'm going with the chargers look i mean i the, the washington football team who Almost got beat by, a, I think, a bad team by so far, at least in the Giants, nearly beat the Chargers. So I think th- if we're talking about levels here, I think the Chargers, and I know it's early, but the Chargers, Giants, and Washington football team have all played kind of on the same level of football, which hasn't been e- extravagant, whereas the, the Cowboys nearly beat the defending Super Bowl champions. I know that Dallas has some injuries, but I like the way that Dak played. I'm gonna, And plus, the Chargers have no fans. So I think a lot of Cowboy fans are going to be so far. I'm going to have to go with Dallas on that one. Okay, next up. I like the pick. Thank you. Uh, next up, we got Kansas City at Baltimore, the Sunday night game. Uh, Chris, who do you like? It's always it's always Mahomes, and that's why I'm going Lamar. Give me the Ravens. All right. Interesting. I think I think the Ravens are off this season. Too many injuries in the preseason and in last game. I, I think the Chiefs with Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes strives against blitz defenses, and that's exactly what Baltimore's defense is. So I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the Chiefs proved to you last week why they're still the class of the AFC, came back, won that game. I think, you know, they can really beat anyone. I think they're out with a vengeance this year to prove that Super Bowl defeat was a fluke. Uh, you know, Baltimore, uh, I, they almost got beaten by the Raiders, so I don't think it's that great. So I'm going to have to go with Kansas City. All right, and then finally, the a Monday Night Football matchup, Detroit at Green Bay. Uh, Kelly, who do you like in this game? 
We're not going to see a repeat of week one. I'm going, I'm going Packers. I know I was kind of questioning your Aaron Rodgers fantasy pick, Chris, but you're I right. I was going to say. Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. And the, it's the Lions. Lions are not good. Like, I have to pick the Packers. I just have to. It's the get right week, Kelly and Rodgers. <laughs> I believe in the stash. I believe in the long hair. The new look. He's out here looking like he's... Um, on his way to a peloton class from dropping his kid off at like synchronized swimming lessons and i'm with it like i'm here for it rogers packers week two w uh again i have to follow the trend going with the packers as well simple fact is the packers are a good football team despite the loss week one and detroit is not all right well folks that is going to do it for us today on NFL Friday. Thank you once again, as always, for joining us. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUVsports.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Kelly Bright and Chris Persinainen, I'm Michael Legan. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.